that's why people can't leave people in toxic relationships because your brain, it's almost like, you know, your brain wants to make their behavior okay. Your brain is constantly rationalizing and justifying their behavior. Your brain is justifying their abuse and the mistreatment that you're experiencing. And this belief soothes your anxiety into believing that it's okay. And it really isn't. I mean, why would you want to be with anybody where you're feeling like you're constantly having to prove your love? This episode is brought to you by Virtual Visions Event Services. Virtual Visions are event producers who help clients take their virtual events to the next level by creating an engaging experience. I've enjoyed using their services because of the ease. They take everything on the back end from technicalities to engagement, and they take care of it. I booked them for a virtual holiday party with my family, and they handled it everything. The only thing I had to worry about was being present. Book them for your next virtual event at www.vves.org. This episode is brought to you by Coach Fee of Fab Life Coaching, where her purpose in life is to help you discover yours. Contributing author of When I Was a Child, Coach Fee's Passion is helping other women discover their purpose and become aware of their identity. She dedicates herself to helping you realize the potential that lies within you. To book a call, text 210-460-3075 or shoot her a DM on Instagram at I am Felicia Hudson. Welcome to another episode of Unsolicited with your favorite host, Taylor, where you didn't ask for my two cents, but you going to get it anyway. So, y'all, I'm just going to jump right on in today. Usually I will update y'all on what's going on and with two, there isn't too much going on right now. But I just want to jump on in because I'm excited about this episode. Um, and it was actually inspired from uh, Nate and Maddie's episode on Euphoria. That's who inspired this episode because if you haven't seen the show, first of all, Euphoria is amazing. Zendaya's performance was amazing. My sister had been begging me for a year to watch the show and I finally decided to watch it. I loved it. But Nate and Maddie's relationship, or should I say situationship, really, really stood out to me. Um, and for a number of reasons, uh, the biggest one being is because I have been in Maddie's shoes before I've, I've been through emotional abuse, that psychological abuse. It's a, it's a real thing. So I definitely understand Maddie in that sense, but I was also on the outside looking in, you're just kind of looking at the relationship and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, damn, is this what toxicity looks like from the outside in? Like, is this what... Is this what our friends are looking at when they look at our toxic relationships? Is this what our friends see? Um, and it was funny to me. Now it's funny because I'm like, wow, this 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 is real toxicity at its finest. And I really kind of wanted to get into some of the emotional abuse as um, just basically I, as an empath. I'm someone who's experienced it. I've been through it. I've uh, been in a very toxic relationship and y'all I'm telling you the show is good go watch it prepare to be triggered your emotions are going to be up and down <sighs> it's all over the place so for those again who have not seen it so there's this couple on the show Nate and Maddie they are in a very very toxic situation I don't even know what it is 
But when I was watching it, I thought to myself, you know, this looks like it might be a trauma bond. Now, I just really learned about what a trauma bond was not that long ago. So all this is still new information to me that I'm still learning about. And I want to put it out there. I am no professional, honey. I don't I'm no subject matter expert. I'm simply sharing my experience and I'm sharing what I've learned about it. Um, and this is my perspective as an empath and uh, going through emotional abuse. And I'm not calling Nate a narcissist. I'm not calling him a narcissist, but he fits the bill. Fits the bill. Very, very self-absorbed. No kind of empathy. Just lacks all respect of anyone's boundaries. I mean, the list goes on and, and Nate fits the bill. So in my head, he's a narcissist. And what translated to me as a relationship, Nate and Maddie, they were trauma bonded. They were trauma bonded. And if you don't know what a trauma bond is, the misconception is it's two people who both have experienced some kind of traumatizing event in their life. And those traumatizing events brought them together. They built the foundation. They built the relationship based off their traumatic events that they've experienced at some point in their childhood or upbringing. That's not what a trauma bond is. A trauma bond is actually formed through emotional abuse. And that's what we've seen happen the entire show. The entire just the whole relationship through and through. Um, it was literally a cycle of abuse. And that's how trauma bonds are formed. And um, you might have, you know, you look at people, you look at your friends and their toxic relationships. You're tired of hearing your homegirl talk about her and her problematic, toxic boyfriend. They, who, they've been together for two, three, four, five years, hell, some 10 plus years. And in your head, you're like, why don't you just leave? That, that would change everything. That, that would fix everything. Just leave. But what people don't realize is that trauma bonds are actually chemical addictions and they're very real things. And that's why people literally can't leave a person because they are addicted to them. And trauma bonds are extremely hard to break. They're very, very hard to break. And I mean, just that on top of a soul tie is just devastating. But they aren't real connections. And so... When you're dealing with, so I'll use Nate as example, as an example. So when you take somebody like Nate, a narcissist, the thing with narcissists is they can't have, they can't form deep, true connections with people. Uh, their relationships are usually very, very shallow. And so a relationship to them is very one-sided. It's always what you can do for them. It's always how you make them feel. It's always you meeting their needs, and that's what's driving them. Uh, you in a relationship with a narcissist is you're a supply. Your supply is driving them, whether that supply be something like, uh, I, I don't know, financial dependence, uh, praise, emotional dependence, sex. They are more concerned with you meeting their needs than they are with meeting yours. Your needs are completely unimportant and they're relevant. That's what I seen unfolding in Nate and Maddie's relationship. And it, it's y'all, it's a very dark and twisted sense of connection. It's, it's very dark because we all know, you know, when it comes to creating a true, genuine connection with somebody, 
it goes way beyond a physical attraction. It goes way beyond just casual dates and, and sex and good conversation. I mean, a real connection with a person requires a real level of vulnerability, self-awareness, first of all. And that's just something that a narcissist, in my experience, completely lacks. Uh, self-awareness, honesty, and and openness. And so, you know, that that's why it's so hard to get out of a relationship. With, and, and that's why, you know, I think at one point people thought, that toxicity was cute. Ooh, I love me a toxic relationship. Ooh, I, and you know what's sick and sad to say? I used to think like that. Like I used to, well, I thought I used to love toxicity because it's, it's like one of those things where it's like when the highs are highs, the lows are lows, but it's like, it's constantly a cycle of abuse. And I think, you know, when, when you have that, I think the reason people are so, addicted to toxic relationships are because you know when you have that dopamine that's released in your brain it's triggering that reward sensor in you and it it once it makes you crave those pleasurable conversations those pleasurable moments with that person and so that's what people get so hung up on but you know toxicity isn't just mainly about negativity it's also inconsistencies Toxicity is inconsistencies in any relationship. And so when you have a trauma bond, there's this thing called cognitive dissonance. Now, y'all, I'm, I'm actually kind of lit right now because I've learned about all this stuff. And so I, I completely get it because the thing is, when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, I said in one of my TikTok videos, you're constantly in a state of confusion. That's that's what they do. They want to confuse you. They want to control you. They want to manipulate you. So you're always stuck in this state of confusion and you never feel like you're enough. And it's like a push and a pull game. It's it's a constant back and forth game. But the more you start to really understand the type of world and reality that narcissistic people live in, then you start to understand that it's not about you. It's really about them. It's really about their false sense image their lack of self-identity and true self-worth but anyway so there's this thing called cognitive dissonance cognitive dissonance is what causes a trauma bond so in my experience with dating a narcissist one minute they want you the next minute they're pushing you away it's a constant back and forth hot and cold game constantly um, one minute you have someone who's making you feel so special and so loved because they're lo- love bombing you and the next they can't stand you. So they're devaluing you. They're saying little things to create insecurities in you and your brain's trying to connect these two opposite beliefs. It, you're going back and forth between breadcrumbing someone and purposely withholding affection, which is absolutely abuse. That's emotional abuse. What's even more toxic is that a narcissist, they know they know what their victim wants. They know what their significant other wants. But it's abuse on all levels because it's strategically done. It's it's purposely done. And it's it's a manipulation tactic in of itself, which is another story that we'll have to go into manipulation tactics on part two. But they withhold things like affection from you because they know that you'll want to fight for it. 
And that's why I'm like, you know, when you have a narcissist and an empath, that is a toxic partnership all in itself. But again, I'm going to I want to delve more into this is so much to cover. I want to delve more into this in part two. So but there's this constant game of hot and cold and the abuse that you're experiencing makes you addicted to this cycle. You're addicted to a cycle of abuse. And so what what you're doing maybe subconsciously is you're holding on to these little bit of breadcrumbs that they're feeding you, these like sporadic moments of of love and affection. You're holding on to those breadcrumbs, hoping that you're going to get an older version of them back and you'll you'll never get it back. So now while you're in this cycle of hot and cold, cold and hot, hot and cold, cold and hot, your brain believes that they're a good person and a bad person at the same time. And I, I don't like to call people good and bad people. So we'll, we'll just say your brain thinks that this is a healthy person and an unhealthy person at the same time. And so now what happens? Now your anxiety is kicking in. And so this thinking messes with your brain because it's, it's opposites. So now essentially your brain has to choose a side healthy person or unhealthy person, your brain is sitting in cognitive dissonance. It's having to choose a side. And so your brain is going to choose healthy person, even though that other half of your brain knows that this is really an unhealthy person that you're dealing with. And it's y'all, I'm telling you, it, it's that's why people can't leave people in toxic relationships because your brain, it's almost like, you know, your brain wants to make their behavior okay. Your brain is constantly rationalizing and justifying their behavior. Your brain is justifying their abuse and the mistreatment that you're experiencing. And this belief soothes your anxiety into believing that it's okay. And it really isn't. I mean, why would you want to be with anybody where you're feeling like you're constantly having to prove your love? You're constantly having to prove your love. And the thing is, when you're when you're dealing with a narcissist, their love is very, very conditional. For one, you don't know the conditions. Their love is very conditional and it's very, very transactional. The rules are always bent. When you're playing with a narcissist, you're not playing on an even playing field. You're not. The rules are always bent. The love is always conditioned. It's, you just don't know these things. And so if you're someone like me, I'm an empath. You have to be extremely, extremely careful. That's why it's so important to have boundaries for yourself. You have to if you have boundaries for yourself, you have to stand on and uphold those boundaries and respect them for yourself. If you don't uphold your own boundaries, how do you expect somebody else to? The reason I say empaths and narcissists make for a toxic partnership is because you're somebody, an empath, that they will get the greatest use from. Why? Because as an empath, we have a tendency to always see the good in people. I mean, and, and although that's a great way to be because we aren't so quick to, to necessarily write people off, it can also come with consequences because we oftentimes stay longer than we should. There's always this feeling of we want to heal and we want to help. Like I'm somebody, my friends, I my friends dump at times. 
Some days I have the capacity for it. Some days I don't. And now it's sort of becoming a thing where when my friends call me, they'll usually ask me, hey, do you mind if I dump? If I can, hey, bring it on. Let, let's talk about it. If I can't, they respect that right now. I just don't have the capacity to receive. I have nothing to give. So when my friends share their troubles or their quarrels with me, like there's some side of me who always feels like I want to either say something or do something. I just want to help so bad. So in staying longer than you should with a person, you find yourself trying to constantly prove your worth to this person. You're, you're doing things so they can see you for who you are. You're doing things so they can really understand, hey, they're worth it. This person is, is really worth something. And ultimately, you're, you're proving, you're trying to prove your worth to somebody who doesn't even see theirs. You're trying to prove yourself to someone who never saw your worth, who will probably never see it. And the thing is, you can't rely on outside sources and people to validate your worth. That's how you get hurt, my friend. That is how you get hurt. And just wrapped in that, I feel like there's some deep-rooted sense of unworthiness in that feeling, like you constantly feeling like you have to prove yourself to somebody because then you just kind of have to question yourself. It's like, okay, why? Is this person not making you feel like you're accepted? Is this person undermining you? And so you, you, you have to, to be careful. And I'm a person who believes when a person shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Believe them. But again, you know, empaths are typically just people who have a very hard time just not caring. I have a hard time not caring. Like, I wish I was like some of my friends who be like, you him no I can I've just I'm not like that like I have a hard time not caring about anybody my friends my significant other that's just me I I, I wish I could be like no you your mama your daddy your brother your sister your grandma your grandpa the whole family no I I can't be like that I've I've never been that type and that natural inclination of an empath is to want to help and ease the pain of their friends or their significant other. And I think another thing to understand here is that, you know, sometimes you have to be careful of letting people take advantage of your kindness or your willingness to forgive or just being a friendly, kind hearted person all around. And empaths are very compassionate people. Very kind-hearted people. They truly see the good in everybody. And I'm not talking about dark empaths or wherever that phrase came from, but empaths are typically very understanding people. We see the potential in people, even if they can't see their own potential. But I also think you have to kind of be careful with that too, because I think, well, in my in my case, I used to have a tendency to look at someone's past and, and use that to excuse their behavior, excuse their abuse. No, that's just their past. That's how they were brought up. Now, at the end of the day, I'm not excusing nobody's crusty trifling behavior. But as empaths, we have to be careful because that's how it's rationalized in our mind. Oh, they had a troubled upbringing Oh, their parents did this. Oh, they came up this way. And this is why they treat me like this. No, that's not an excuse. We're not going to justify people's mistreatment. We're not going to justify and try and rationalize anybody's abuse. Emotional abuse 
is abuse, point blank, period. And there's nothing wrong with being a forgiving person, but an empath and a narcissist, the empath is always going to forgive the narcissist. Always. That's why I believe narcissists choose empaths. I mean, you have an abuser whose victim constantly forgives them. So the behavior isn't getting worse. The victim is pretty much teaching the abuser how to act, what they're okay with. They're, so you just, you, you, you have to be careful. And in, in that constant forgiveness, it just kind of results in the empath being used and devalued along the way. It's a toxic partnership and it's toxicity on all levels. Just like Nate and Maddie's relationship, it was very, very toxic. And so I'm going to stop here. I really want to save the rest of this information for part two, where we'll go into what a narcissist is, how do you spot one, their traits, you know, some red flags. And then I kind of want to get into uh, devaluing some manipulation tactics and discarding and the hoovering like I, I want to get into all of that but I do want to leave y'all with this if you are somebody in a toxic relationship understand that that is not the best that you deserve that is not the best man that is not the best woman that you deserve then you also have to question how much you love yourself you also have to question your self-worth because you deserve so much better than that and there is a plethora there is a healthy supply of men and women in this world who is ready to love you properly, who loves themselves first, so they know how to love other people properly. And so you keep that in mind, all right? So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune in for part two next week. Holla.